What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week is my good friend, I almost said Mr. Sexy Punakana. <laughs> I, like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Halo Aaron Lloyd. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've never, uh, I've never accidentally called you Mr. Sexy Punakana before. Um, but yes, so this week is the SummerSlam preview episode. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all in the past six months, or maybe even more than that, obviously you know by now I do not watch. Not only do I not watch WWE Weekly product, I have not consumed any wrestling at all. I have not been the least bit interested. I have not been curious. I have not cared at all about any of this. Um, so I'm not excited. For um, I want to talk about a couple of things non-WWE related. Because if we only talk WWE and we only talk SummerSlam, I'll just be sitting here listening to you talk. And maybe asking a question here or there. So I would like us to have at least some level of like conversation. And I guess I'd at least like to have some things to talk about. So I think you'll appreciate this, which is why I think I'm going to start off with it. I found a new hobby uh, the okay. last few weeks. Uh, so I you know, work full-time during the day. I've been doing Uber Eats uh, at night again just like to make some extra money. Um because of being out of work for whatever it was, like eight weeks, nine weeks, and then being stuck working part-time for a good chunk of, of that time. So trying to like catch up financially. Um, so I don't have a lot of free time. But the one bit of free time I'll have, especially on the weekend, I will like, I'll do like a two-a-day a few times a week where I'll do like, I'll lift and then I'll like wait two hours and go for a run or like ride my stationary bike or whatever. So I'll have these periods of two hours where it's like, I don't want to really get too, too invested in anything, but I just want something to kill some time, like from one workout to the next, just something I could mindlessly, mindlessly sit there, like maybe text a little bit, maybe scroll through Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And on my Amazon fire stick, there's a menu that comes up that says prime movies. We think you'll like, so these are just random movies that Amazon Prime suggests to me that they think I will like for seemingly no particular reason. Now, one of my favorite genres of movie is time travel. If you pitch me a time travel story, I will at least give it a chance and watch it. So one day, uh, I think this was three or four weeks ago, I'm just scrolling through, like looking, and I see a movie called Making Time. And the the premise of the movie or like the the... The uh, pitch of the movie was basically uh, this guy has invented time travel. Um, he kind of goes back to view the beginning of his relationship, like when he was happy. He's in a very unhappy marriage now. He goes back in time and gets to relive the early part of his relationship when he was happy. So I'm like, okay, time travel movie, I'm in. <clears throat> I will often put on a movie and within five minutes I'll know whether I want to watch it or not. And a lot of times I'll turn them off. So this one, I got to five minutes in. I was about to turn it off, and I had this thought. There's a chance this could be the worst movie I've ever seen. It's worth finding out. So I left it on. 
And it was, in fact, the worst movie I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I was happy that I stuck with it long enough to be able to say, yes, I just watched the worst movie I've ever seen. So if you want to see a really bad movie, making time on Amazon Prime. So then the next week, I'm scro- like, you know, scrolling through it, trying to find one that catches my interest. And I see one called Always Will. And again, it's a time travel movie. This kid in high school figures out that he can go back in time and like relive moments from his past to change his life. So I get about five minutes in and I'm about to turn it off. I'm like, this is so boring. And then I see like, there's like a little shot of the high school he goes to, which is upper Darby high school, which is like basically in my neighborhood. And I'm like, Oh, this movie was filmed like not far from me. I'll watch it just for that alone. Uh, because it was a local movie and it was so bad. And also I had to thought, not only is it local, it also could be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So I'll leave it on. And for I did. Worst town. And it, yeah, yes, worst it town. was the worst movie I've ever seen. It was worse than making time. So if you want to see a bad movie about time travel and about some people that live in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, uh, watch always will. So then over the weekend, once again, I'm like, I lifted, And then I have to run in two hours. I'm like, shit, let me just find something to throw on the TV. And I find a movie called Copy Kings. And it was pitched as a quirky workplace romantic comedy uh, set in like a copy place. It's basically like a Kinko's type place. Turn it on. 30 seconds in. I'm like, this might be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, It's worth it to find out. So I left it on. And 90 minutes later, it was officially the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So three weeks, I've watched the worst movie I've ever seen three separate times. So this is like my new favorite hobby is just to try to keep finding the worst movie I've ever seen. This movie, Copy Kings, holy shit. I was actually like, for large chunks of it, embarrassed watching it. I was embarrassed for the actors. I was embarrassed for whoever wrote it. I was embarrassed for whoever was filming it. I was really embarrassed for whoever the fuck paid to make that movie. I was like, oh my God, this is, how does some of this dialogue make it in? How do you not know how embarrassing this is? I started watching it a little bit, a little bit of it again. Cause I was like, was it as bad as I remembered? And I got about 30 <laughs> minutes in and I was like howling with laughter at how bad it was. So if you want to see what I can almost promise you was the worst movie you've ever seen, look up copy Kings, K O P Y k-i-n-g-s on amazon prime it is horrible and i I guess maybe one of the reasons i wanted to bring this up one i think it's funny it is great to open a conversation like at work and be like oh by the way guys i watched another fucking terrible movie the other night and people can't wrap their minds around why if it's so bad why do you not turn it off and i'm like i can't help it i want to find out if it's the worst thing i've ever seen I would rather watch the worst movie I've ever seen than watch Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, um, SummerSlam is coming up. I said I have no interest. I have no um, excitement for it. I know you don't feel that way. Like I don't know if you're sitting here like super excited for SummerSlam, but I know that you're at least <laughs> stuff on the card that you're excited for. So, like... What is your feeling going into SummerSlam this year? Well, to go back to your Amazon Prime bit, mm-hmm. uh, Peanut Butter Falcon is on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if you've noticed. Uh, that's on my queue to watch. I know you kept, I know you kept hyping that movie up mm-hmm. when it initially released. So that's on my docket 
for this weekend. But yeah, I'm excited for WWE um, because they've been forced to do a lot of long-term storytelling here, and they've actually really succeeded with that. And uh, well, I'll get into that a little bit. Talking about Sasha Banks and Bailey, for example, the entire Randy Orton thing, not just in particularly with Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton as a whole. Um, this, even the whole MVP and Apollo for the U.S. title thing that has had longevity. Braun and Bray Wyatt, not the best thing, but a lot of good storytelling. Get to that too. But they're actually sticking to a lot of things here and adding layers to stories that, act, that actually make things interesting. I'm not sure. All right, how out the loop are you? In this um, going? So, like, I'm aware of a good bit of what's going on with Randy Orton. Um, I'm aware of Bailey and Sasha um, kind of running over the women's division lately. At least that's what it seems like, not watching it, but just looking on social media. I did come across a TikTok video today of a montage of Bailey saying ding dong, which I love. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's something you particularly enjoy that Bailey's been doing. And I don't know if maybe if I'd been watching all this time, I wouldn't find it funny, but seeing her doing that. You know, like fifteen times in thirty seconds. I thought it was really funny. Are you familiar with the uh, the Raw Underground thing? I'm aware of it, and I I can't imagine it's it's good. Well, I'll put it this way: it has potential. I don't think it'll last. I think it has potential because when they put people in there that you actually care about and they actually have um, like. <laughs> background it actually works okay. like for example you have Shayna Baszler in there and she's had a thing with Nia Jax in the past few weeks and Nia Jax ended up fight, facing off with Shayna and Raw on the ground this past week Dolph Ziggler was fighting one of the Viking Raiders and, and Raw on the ground this week so it actually has potential for superstars who actually have these amateur or MMA backgrounds so, so like there is a, a lot of potential there I don't think it, it'll last the long haul but I do think there's actually potential there. And then there's this stable called Retribution who have not been unveiled yet. They they were all black and they are the shits. Um, they, they, they're, trying to, try, they're trying to create destruction, but they do a terrible job at, terrible job at making destruction. Maybe because it's at their own performance centers. Like, don't fuck my <laughs> shit up. But they are not, they are not good. Um, do you know what pisses me off about that, though? Having a faction, uh, like, wreaking havoc on the entire roster, I think that's, like, something that appeals to me. And I know I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, like, over the years. But, like, why not do that with someone you already have? Like, that's what I wanted, like, the be. That's what I wanted The Fiend to be, like, wreaking havoc. Like, I remember one of the uh, most excited p periods of time I've had uh, about WWE was around this time last year when the fiend was like when he attacked Jerry Lawler and like I don't know if you remember this conversation we had where it was like there were certain like little things that you became like part of the fiend's character like the lights would flicker and all of a sudden everyone in the arena would know like oh it's about to happen um so I don't like that they now they have this just like random crew of whoever the hell it is doing this thing that you could have had somebody else doing like so basically what you're saying is you don't like it either. Yeah, because it's all about 
the reveal is going what's going the reveal is just what's really going to make or break them because like I said the way they've been presented so far hasn't been good like I said they've been supposedly make making terror of WWE but they really haven't and then and they've done, they've done a terrible job at it in the last few weeks <clears throat> but like I said I think their reveal is what's really going to make or break them and the tagline for SummerSlam this year is you'll never see it coming and I have my own thoughts and predictions of what might actually happen. I honestly think that they might get involved with the main event because on Raw Monday night, Drew Drew kind of was trying to rally the Raw locker room up in well, yeah. Hey, right? Drew, yeah. So, um, well, the group Retribution didn't come after HBK. Randy did. HBK might have a uh, a worse hairline than me at this point. <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> it, it, it's bad. It, it, it's it's really bad. His but, teeth uh, look hard. Like I don't know what's going on with him. His teeth it, look terrible. He's not a sexy boy anymore. No, he's not. But um, but retribution. But like I have a thought of retribution might might actually be Randy Orton's group. That's just a theory I have because of the tagline. You'll never see it coming. Yeah, like when you said that. So that's the first time I'm hearing that tagline. And my first thought was it. It was like based in like an RKO out of nowhere. So it would make sense if if it's linking those two things together. So if you, if that's your thought, if you think they may have something to do with Randy, does that give you any idea of who you think it is or do you think it's people we don't know yet? Uh I well, there's at least two women in the group. Okay. There's at least two women. We know that for a fact, but other than that, I don't know who I don't know who it really could be. I don't and that, that that's the intriguing part. It's all about how they're going to be revealed. But I think that one of my theories is that Randy Orton is a part of this group. But then on the other side, he was Flair because he didn't want Ric Flair holding him down. So like those kind of go those those kind of go hand in hand. But that's just a theory I have about retribution. But I, I think WWE, they're doing a great job with long-term storytelling because they've actually not dropped stuff for the most part. Do you think some of that is because they don't hear negative fan reactions? That, yeah, that too. And um, also with the whole pandemic thing, I, th- I think as well. But they've done a great job at like continuing stories. And also, like, the crowd's not there to really shit on it, like you said. So does that then maybe make us rethink whether they listen to us or not? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but Kind of, but like I said, but like I, I've, we've been talking about for months now, like some guys have actually benefited from these types of shows, and it's been Apollo, Oscar, Bailey, for example. So we, you could say that, but I think a lot of these guys have succeeded in this environment. For the um, So... If we're just going to go right to the WWE Championship match, uh, Drew Drew Galloway and Randy Orton. Um, I know you're, you've been a big fan of what they've done with Randy Orton. Um, I don't know if you particularly love like the storyline with Randy and Drew or if you like Drew's half of it. But um, just kind of give me your thoughts on that WWE Championship match and then obviously your prediction. Well, the initial promo between these two... I thought it was excellent because they talked about how McIntyre was fired and Orton should have been fired years ago. And Randy actually admitted it. Yeah, I should have been, 
fire years ago a bunch of times but i'm more important to you than i'm more important to you i'm i'm more important than you are in this company then now and forever and i really enjoyed that aspect of it because it actually garnered some truth and these feuds are a lot better when they actually have a truth to go off of but this is kind of turning into randy Orton taking out more legends when he took out rick flair and Shawn michaels this past monday night on raw uh they they actually did get physical for the first time but i think there needs to be more out of these two personally because i think there's a lot left for this food for this feud to actually go on and like i talked about a second ago i think randy randy orton is behind retribution and i think they could fit the tagline you'll never see it coming perfectly but if i had to pick a winner I'll pick. I'll, I would pick. Actually, you know what? If I had to pick a winner, I'll pick Randy Orton. But I personally think this is going to end the disqualification, and that will be the third year in a row that the WWE Championship match ends in a disqualification. And also, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. There's a pay per view next week too. Uh no, I didn't know that. I'm trying yeah, to think yeah. if I like might have seen that anywhere, but I didn't. Yeah, so what is yeah, this pay, called? Pay, payback. Payback is going to be next week as well. So you could do a title change at payback if you like but i think this match well this feud needs to be drawn out a little bit more and are you aware of wwe with the amway center running thunderdome yes okay have you seen the pictures because it's actually they did test runs today i did see pictures like i saw one there was one image i saw of like someone you know doing like a pinfall and you could see like the yeah the like crowd or whatever in the um what do you think? Do you like that better than what they've been doing? Yeah, it's it's good to get the performance center. You know, you get the big stage, you get the all the bells and whistles because you haven't seen that in a long time. And if this actually makes them actually progress storylines even further, like the whole Sasha and Bailey Sasha Bailey thing, which I think they've been waiting for waiting to get fans in attendance, and now you technically kind of have fans and somewhat in attendance, quote unquote attendance. But I actually do like it. It's it's, it's going to be a good scenery to see something else other than the performance center and you also get the bells and whistles back at what and you get what makes wwe wwe and i'm interested as you can see because they're, so, they're supposedly having like drones and stuff flying around the arena so i'm actually, i'm really interested to see what happens. yeah because that's the first show that's going to be in the thunderdome um i'm just going to go with randy orton only because uh, it just seems like that's pre- if you're gonna if there's gonna be a winner, I feel like that's maybe the right thing to do, especially if you may be debuting his uh, his faction or whatever. I think it would uh, maybe give it a little more juice if you won the title now, right? Yes, he's rocking to you. Okay, um, trying to get these Paul White vibes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I feel like when this. I first started seeing this on social media that this was a, the route they were going to take. There was like a lot of potential here, like a lot of potential for good storytelling, a lot of stuff there for both of these guys. So, have they been capitalizing on it? Have they been getting the most out of it, or is this another thing that's been kind of just there and maybe a little bit disappointing? Well, I talked about the long term storytelling. This has actually had long long term storytelling, and the one thing I, I like about this feud, you're not you're not getting a lot of these guys each week. A lot of these guys each week on SmackDown, and I'm not sure. Are you aware of the Alexa play into this? No. Okay, so at Extreme Rules in the Swamp Fight, Alexa Bliss was under a hood as Sister Abigail. 
Oh, now, really? The way I, yeah. Now, the way I interpret it was, sister. since we don't know what Sister Abigail looks like, Sister Abigail is basically a manifestation of your imagination. Right. And your desires. That's how I interpret it. Because when they showed her, they showed, like, all the stuff for the Mixed Match Challenge and Alexa saying, you know, you want to be together. And Bray would attack her the following week on SmackDown. And then Braun cut a promo a couple weeks later saying he doesn't care about, care about Alexa. You know, Alexa came out on SmackDown and tried to convince Braun. And Braun, Braun hasn't been the best in this feud, but <laughs> I think all his verbiage has been excellent because everything he says actually meant something. And it's actually leading to the story. Like in the Swamp Fight, he talked about the, a snake attacking Bray, um, a snake in the swamp and a snake attack Bray. Yeah. And that snake actually came into play in the Swamp Fight that they actually had. So a lot of... Braun's words are actually really good. I've actually told a really good story. And when he was in the ring with Alexa, he said, I don't trust you, Alexa, because when you interact with the fiend, he changes people. And in reality, Braun's the one that's actually changed. He's got the shaved head. He's acting more aggressive. He's, he keeps talking about how much of a monster he is. So Braun hasn't been the best because a, a lot of his career, he hasn't had a lot of substance to go off of because, the, because you know, the fiend always hit. But I think Braun, I mean Bray and Alexa have played off their roles perfectly here. So it's not even just a Bray Wyatt Fiend storyline. You're saying there's other characters that have benefited from this story too. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Fiend and Alexa. Braun's there. Like Braun's playing his role, but I think Braun, the, the things that he is saying are playing into this story perfectly. I just think that when he gets into his whole "I'm a big monster" thing, he blows. Do you think this is setting up for Braun to overcome the Fiend, or do you think this is Braun falling into whatever the Fiend's trap is? I, I think it's falling into the, into the Fiend's trap because this has been a long story, story since Money in the Bank. Now, Money in the Bank, he beat the original. He just beat the plain Bray Wyatt, and then he got a, a month off a month off from him in June, and then went back to Bray Wyatt. But he fought the cult leader Bray Wyatt. And now he has the Fiend, so he's fought all the faces of the Fiend so far. Uh, well, faces of Bray Wyatt so far. So now he has the Fiend one-on-one for the first time. And which way do you think this is going to go? I think the Fiend gets back the title. Well, that's what I would That's what I would like to see. I think that's the just the right thing to do. Um, do you think this is the end of whatever they're doing, or do you think this is something that's going to continue on? Well, I think after Bray wins, this this will be it for now. Because also the thing with Bray, when Bray was champ, you like you might get a funhouse segment, but you didn't get him every single week right. with a bunch of TV time, which I actually do enjoy. And do you have an idea of what might be next for Bray slash The Fiend, or not really? Not really at all. Um, I'll just say The Fiend because I just I don't see any reason why The Fiend shouldn't be winning the title, especially on a huge show like this. Uh, women's championship it's both women's championships on the line against Asuka, Sasha in one match I know you have spoken glowingly about excuse me the work that Sasha and Bailey have been doing so I guess um, kind of break break this down for me one why does she have a match against both of them and two what do you think is like what do you think they're like trying to get out of this? So, 
a couple weeks ago on Raw, Asuka beat Bailey to get a match with Sasha. And this past week on Smack, well, I talked about last week how Stephanie made that battle royal to see who will face Bailey at SummerSlam. So last week on SmackDown, Sasha and Bailey, they're announcing, they're ring announcing. So they're announcing everybody in the match. So when Asuka's name came on the card, they were like, oh, this must be a typo or something. And Asuka's music plays. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was the best. I, I didn't think they would do this, but I thought this was actually the best move because this has actually been the story. Sasha and Bailey have both been thorns and thorns in Oscar's skin now, and the fact that she gets her hands on both of them, both their titles, is actually <laughs> perfect here. So it, it's the perfect story for, for these three for these for these three women. Now, what I personally think is going to happen is I think Oscar's facing Bailey first. And Sasha and you know, Sasha's gonna help Bailey win to retain her title. And I think immediately after Sasha's gonna face Asuka, thinking that she has Asuka beat because Asuka just lost to Bailey. And I think Sasha ends up losing, even though she will be losing her first title defense yet again. I do think that Sasha loses. And then well, everybody's week, gotta have a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But and also, Sasha is a SmackDown superstar too. So, and Bailey will still be the SmackDown Women's Champion. So, Sasha, focal and Bailey's focal, focal point could be the SmackDown Women's Title. And then they also announced last week on SmackDown that at Payback they're going to be th- defending their tag titles. We don't know against who yet, but I think this is where we, at the pay, at SummerSlam is where we see the cracks in the in the shield when Sasha loses her title and then they drop the titles to whoever at payback and then the focus from there could be on Sasha and Bailey because they're going to have the in the women's title because they're going to actually going to have somewhat of, of an audience now and they actually get more of a, a big match feel because they're not cooped up cooped up in the performance center anymore they're actually in a bigger arena they're they have some type of fans in attendance so I think they'll actually get more out of it that way I think we finally get the Sasha and Bailey thing moving forward so your predictions are Bailey retaining and Oscar dethroning Sasha Banks Yes, and wh- whoever they face next week at payback, I think they'll beat Sasha and Bailey. And then from there, you think we get the much-awaited, much-anticipated Sasha versus Bailey battle? Yes. And which one is the heel in this situation? Bailey. Wow. So all this time that we thought we needed to get like the the old boss back to get out that it's not the way it needed to be. Yes. Do you think we get the uh, the little girl with a dream, Sasha Banks, or do you think this is a new baby girl, face, Sasha Banks? I, I, I don't. I don't need to see that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody does. Um, I'm gonna say, I was gonna say they're both gonna retain, but I think I like your idea that one of them losing leads to them battling, and I think the only way to truly make this come full circle is to have the roles reversed from the way it was in NXT, where now it's. Bailey, who is kind of like the dickhead in the situation, it is Sasha who is the one with something to prove and something to overcome and something to gain. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with your prediction that Bailey retains and Sasha loses her title. Uh, first hair versus hair match in God knows how many years. Mandy Rose versus the recently I I, I don't mean to say this jokingly uh, or say it facetiously, the recently almost kidnapped uh, Sonia Deville. Well, it was actually both of them. Really? Man- Mandy see, I didn't was at see the house. 
Manny was the, like they talked about a house guest, but it was Manny Rose as the house guest. Wow. Are you fucking weirdos? God, God damn, like, oh God. And like this guy was allegedly planning this for like a year or something like that. Yeah, what a fucking creep, man. Like, and I know that's like an understatement to call him a creep, but like, yeah, you strange fucking I don't even know what to call you guys, but relax. Like I said, there I when I was at that meet and greet for Sasha the first time, and I felt like all those guys there, like, walked in there thinking, like, I'm, I'm going to walk. Like, I feel like that's how so many of these guys think. Like, just delusional. Um, think, like, what they see of them on Monday and Friday nights is who they really are. And a lot of them believe that they are, like, owed something from them. Like, that one weirdo that had that picture from Access with his arm, like, completely wrapped around Becky Lynch. Oh, you yes. remember that picture? Like, guys, grow the fuck up. You know, like, come on. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, and that, and like, that goes back to like wait, waiting for superstars at airports, mm-hmm. waiting for them at their hotel and stuff like that. Girl <laughs> is actually pr- like pretty weird, like especially nowadays, because like it's so easy to find out where somebody lives. You know, all you really, really got to do is do a Google search. It's not, it's really easy. So. Like, I feel for these people, but it's just like, God, like, go, like, what kind of creep are you? Well, yeah, dude, it's crazy. I mean, we had a few years, four or five years ago, there was like, I believe it was a stabbing outside the performance center by some guy who was like hanging out around there all the time. Like, I don't know, it's scary. And it's not the first time something like this has happened. And unfortunately, it won't be the last time something like this happens. And my one, so first of all, I'm glad nobody was hurt. Um, I'm glad everyone got away with it, got away from it safely, and I'm glad that the guy who did it, you know, is in custody, and whatever's going to happen to him is going to happen. And I just hope that Vince doesn't somehow think it's a good idea to turn this into a storyline, because <laughs> I I could see that, uh, and I don't need to see that. Um, it, it, it's kind of strange because like kayfabe is broken at that, at this point with this match, so it's kind of strange. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but you put this, we talked before the show about, like, what were the things you were most excited to talk about? And this was one of your, your top four things you wanted to talk about. So what is it about this that that has it up there with these other three? Well, I know you personally were, like, real <laughs> a lot, you know, But she's seems to be way more comfortable working with Otis because she's they, they both, Otis and Manny both talk about, like, this is their relationship. So a lot of it is all natural. But I think Sonya... It's definitely been a breakout superstar of the year candidate because she's actually kind of found herself and found out who she actually is in this company and with this character. So if you ever get a chance to catch some clips, I think you should actually watch this. There, there was like kind of like back to back button back to back button promos on SmackDown. Manny's wasn't as good as Sonya's, but Sonya's was definitely superior. But I think you should actually watch it and you actually kind of see what I'm talking about here. But I think both of them would have been excellent this year. Yeah, and I, I think Sonya Deville has actually stepped up and become a very underrated promo. So I'm glad you brought up the Total Divas thing because, yes, when, when I saw her in NXT and when she got called up to the main roster, it just it did not click for me at all. I felt like she just had... There's, like, this connection you have to make with the crowd, whether it's, like, charisma or whether it's just, like your character or there's got to be something where it like all kind of 
fits together. Like you, you're on that screen and it all makes sense. And there, there was just something with her that felt disconnected to me. And the, the point you brought up about her entrance is all the lights and her like doing the punches. And I remember Prep was like, oh, I think it's awesome. But to me, it just felt off because it's like there's it's just silence when she's doing it. It yeah, just feels I know. It it looks felt, cool. Yeah, it looks but like cool, it but felt it odd to me. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to have somebody who like that's their identity is like the mixed martial arts fighter and all that. They should come across like that. Like they're a bad like it works for Shayna Baszler. We talk about this all the time. Her like it feeling real to some degree when it's Shayna Baszler. I never had that feeling watching um, Sonya. Like, oh, this is a badass in the ring. But yes, I got to see some of her like actual personality and some of her actual life story on Total Divas, and I was like, oh, I actually kind of like her. So it did make it did make me turn around on her personally. Like when I'd watch her on the weekly product. So I'm glad that she maybe has found a role. I'm glad that something has finally clicked for her a little bit because honestly, I think it's so hard. Like one of the reasons it's so hard, I hate, I hate to use the phrase get over, but one of the reasons why that's so hard to do is because everything is so overly scripted. So much of like being micromanaged and someone backstage telling you what to do and telling you every word to say and telling you how to act. And unless, and these people are like their life's mission was not to go be an actor or an actress. Like they're there to be wrestlers. Like that. This is not their. So it makes it very difficult for them to come across natural. So to me, whenever someone can kind of use some of themselves on, on screen it makes it a lot easier to come across as like a real character. So I'm glad that that's happened for her. Um, so do you think there is a winner and a loser in this match? Yeah, I think Mandy wins. And I think Sonya's, I don't think she's going to shave bald. I kind of think, have you seen Batgirl, the TV show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think she'll have like a Ruby Rose type hairstyle. Okay. And I think she'll look badass doing it too. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it works for her. Like, that was the first thing I thought when you said a hair versus hair match. Is, okay, this well, is clearly... Woman, yeah, this is clearly setting up as a reason for Sonya Deville to cut her hair. And I think it'll be, like... It'll be a good change for her. It's, like, one more little piece to, like, put to that puzzle of... So I'm happy for her. I, I definitely think... When you said it was a hair versus hair match, I immediately figured there's no way... Mandy Rose is losing because I'm sure she doesn't want to cut her hair, and I'm sure they well, don't want her to cut her hair. Well, well a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, Sonya attacked Mandy backstage, and she started cutting her hair, but it was basically her extensions. Yeah. So that's what led to this match. Um. Oh, so that, that's how it came to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me, that makes it even more clear of who's going to win this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems to be always the way that it that it works here. Um, has Mandy Rose made any strides as an actual in-ring wrestler? <laughs> I think she's improved, but that, that's for you to judge. And I was, and that's also not saying a lot. Yeah, like just that, that, improving that's is for, not. That's for you much. to judge. All right. Um. So the top, like the top four to me that you had in there, sounds like things they've done a good job with sounds like things they've done a nice job of building towards SummerSlam, like good things to present at like an a show so to speak so there are four more matches that we haven't discussed yet um 
The first one I'll go to, or no, I guess it's three matches. That was five matches because there's the two women's championship matches. So we have three left. I'll go to the U.S. title match, Apollo versus uh, great friend of the Matt Madness podcast, <laughs> MVP. Uh, you've said numerous times how Apollo has kind of, maybe not thrived may not be the word you use, but like he's done a good job during this time without fans in the arena. Do you think that is like still currently holding up? Like that he's still on that path? Oh yeah, definitely. Because his in-wing work could actually shine here. And then also he's been going back back and forth with MVP and MVP has kind of been guiding him in the promos. And MVP has been actually really good. I think I love I love the whole his whole stable the Hurt Business perfect name <laughs> by the way with Shelton Benjamin who doesn't age. Mm-hmm. But I, I love everything MVP's been MVP doing. MVP got himself a Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, he got he got him a Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, but I love everything MVP's been doing. I, I think he's definitely up there, and I kind of think MVP's going to win here because something that's been lingering around is MVP's been trying to recruit Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, and they haven't really been going for it. But Cedric Alexander had this whole thing on Raw saying, "All right, things have got to change here," and he and he lost the coveted twenty four seven title back to Shelton Benjamin. And I think also, by the way, in this match, the Hurt Business is banned from ringside. So I think Cedric comes down and causes Apollo to match, and that's how MVP wins the U.S. title because MVP's been feuding with him for the U.S. title for a couple of months. A couple of months. Apollo had COVID. So that's why the match didn't happen at Extreme Rules last month. So for this to, for this still to be going on, I think it's the reason to give MVP the title. And I'm going to say... Uh, well, the whole tag team division is kind of faded because I feel like these guys have... Well, not even feel. It's a fact. These guys have been feuding for months since like February and March. And there's a storyline where Zelina uh, poisoned Montez Ford's cup. Mm-hmm. His, his, his sippy... His, uh, Plastic cup. Yeah, I'm not I, sure I did see. I did see that, and I saw some of the stuff Bianca Belair has done. I saw the shirt she wore the other night, the uh, "Thou shalt not try me" mm-hmm. mood twenty four seven shirt. Um, <laughs> I, I know you love that. I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm not attack Zelina on her Twitch channel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that that whole thing has been based on her poison in Montez Ford. Well, Zelina poison in Montez Ford, and there's this thing going on in a row where Samoa Joe kind of has, like, sources. Like, he's getting <laughs> scoops. <backstage. laughs> That's the thing going on in a row. So, like, Joe has, like, all this insight. He's like, oh, I know what this is. Somebody told me, but I know what this is. And everybody's just like, who's your source? And he's not really saying anything. So, so I, I know Corey Graves has had a scoop before, <laughs> which was the Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle story. Mm-hmm. Did um, Austin Aries used to have scoops? At some point, or no, I'm trying to remember. Like, I know he took his role as no, an no, announcer just, very seriously, but was no, he, he like, kind of a journalist, called, too? Yeah, I think he referred himself as an investigative journalist. Yes, okay, so he did do that, okay. Uh, well, I, you know what, and I, I love pretty much anything Samoa Joe does, so that sounds amazing, <laughs> if that's what he's doing, if he's got scoops and sources. <laughs> yeah, because he's been getting involved with, with Seth Rollins and Dominic, too. So th- that's been a few weeks ago on Raw. Seth and Buddy Murphy, uh, they beat up Dominic with kendo sticks. So I sent it to Eric in prep, and I said, this is what happened when you go to Pow Pow Town. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. Okay, so I sent them that. But 
I'm interested to see how Dominic goes here. I'm interested to see what his kind of his ring gear is going to be. But I'm really interested to see how Dominic performs in his first match. That's the only thing I can care less about this entire thing. Seth Rollins has been awesome, but I just can care less about Rey Mysterio in 2020. Did Rey Mysterio get his eye back? Yes. Uh, you, you'll love the explanation WWE did at, at Extreme Rules. Oh, my God. It was the most scientific answer ever. Yeah, hit me with it. I can't remember. It was so many words. <laughs> so, so I have so, to, I have to be an investigative journalist and dig this one out myself. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's on it's on the network on Extreme Rules, and um, it should it should be a um a thumbnail at this point, but well, not a thumbnail, but um, it should be broken off into a section at this point. <laughs> but Seth, Seth's been awesome, and Ray's been Ray. He came back. He had like this patch sewn into his mask over the eye that. Popped out allegedly, so that's how he's back. Okay. Even as someone who wasn't watching it, I was like disgusted that that was an avenue they took when they did that. <laughs> like even I was insulted, not having invested any time in. I was like, "Come on, you got to be kidding me!" Um, so overall, you have a high level of excitement for SummerSlam. Oh yeah, I, I really am. And then actually, Takeover's third. By the way, about Takeover, are you? Um, did you hear about Adam Cole facing Pat McAfee? Yes, I did. You got any thoughts or no? I think it's silly and ridiculous, and I think even though I'm not a uh, a big Adam Cole proponent, I think he's better than that. Uh, <laughs> I'm interested in this because you know, like Pat McAfee, he's been doing those kickoff shows for years, and they've he's always had a thing with undisputed ever. So I'm definitely intrigued about how this is actually going to go. My favorite thing about this is when I first saw like their dust up on, I guess it was Pat McAfee's podcast or radio show or whatever it is. Um, I knew what it was, but it seemed like so much of wrestling Twitter did not. Um, and so many of you smarks who think you know everything about the business still get fooled by the most obvious shit. Um, yeah, I would just like, I'd see a tweet with the video of them going at each other and scroll down. And so many people truly believed it was like a real, like argument and a real confrontation. And it's just so funny that three weeks later, they're in a match with each other. Like clearly it was a work. Clearly it was a storyline. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what you said, basically, you're just curious about it. Yeah, I'm curious because Pat McAfee, he's known to be a wrestling fan. I'm interested, I'm interested to see what the match is going to look like. Uh, my early prediction is not great. <laughs> um, I mean, unless he's been doing some like real training for a real long time, like nobody, j unless you're Kurt Angle, which <laughs> I can almost promise you, Pat McAfee is not. Uh, you're not going to just walk in there and be good. Um, now maybe Adam Cole is that good that he makes this guy look good, but I I highly doubt it. Um, another WWE thing I wanted to touch on: uh, congratulations to Renee Young for getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, I'm happy for you. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best in whatever you do. We don't know yet what it is she's doing, right? No, she's just leaving. That Are there any? Uh, so there's no like rumors or stories. No. Samoa Joe hasn't leaked anything. <laughs> no, I, I know ESPN wanted her years ago. Yeah, 
That was my first thought because I, re- I remember that from like 2015 or 16, them talking mm-hmm. about it. And I know JR talked about that. Like places like ESPN would be eager to, to snatch somebody like her up. So it wouldn't surprise me, especially with the relationship they have. What would you feel if she just jumped to AEW? For what? That her husband is there. Uh, like, I don't know, to do anything there. No. So you think her destiny is something bigger than pro wrestling? Yeah, yeah, I love for her to be on ESPN. Like, she can take over first take for all. Like, because well, I love Charlie when Charlie does first take. I'm not a big Molly guy. Like, looking at her. Other than that, I'm yeah. not a big Molly guy. I, I prefer when Charlie hosts first take. But I think Renee Young will be great on first take. But I, I do think that she should be on ESPN somewhere. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where she goes. Like I said, that was my first thought um, as to where she would be going. Uh, but, yeah, best of luck in your future, Renee Young. Um, congratulations on getting out of that toxic environment. Is there anyone who could fill the shoes of Renee Young that they already have Oof. there? You see, see, I thought about that because, like, you know how WWE is. They'll probably just promote somebody. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm guessing Charlie's in line to be the next Renee Young. But Renee did a lot. She, she really did because they lost, they lost both Renee and Kathy Kelly. And those were the two big correspondents. They, they did everything. So I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't, I, those are big shoes to fill, and it might take them years to fill them. Um, so unless you have any other wrestling stuff, I have a question for you. Anything else wrestling-related? Nope. How ner- Harmless. Yes. Um, and, yeah, so Allison Brie, uh, Annie... Yeah, she's a great character. You know, she's obviously one of the few that is actually of the right age to be starting college. Yeah. Um, and and she, she, she was adorable. Yeah, then. she was. So I won't get too much into my thoughts and opinions until you've either gotten, like, really far into it or until you're finished it just because I well, don't want to. Well, I'm on pause right now because uh, they put Moesha on Netflix. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mo to the, E to the. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that show was so good for the culture. By the way, her dad was trash. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hated him as a kid, and I'm hating him all over again. Was Q on Moesha, or am I confusing that with another show? No, Q, Q was on Moesha. Okay. Um. So, all right, so you're into season three. There's one thing that you I don't know if you've seen or are aware of. There is an episode, I believe, in season three. Maybe it's season two but I think it's season three called advanced dungeons and dragons. Um, it is arguably like a lot of people say it's the best episode they've ever done. Oh God. Um, that's not the fort one. Is it? No. Although that's awesome. And a lot of people think that's (laughs) maybe the best episode. This one, they're literally playing a game of dungeons and dragons. It got taken off of Netflix and Hulu because, um, Senor Chang uh, comes dressed as like some kind of like elf or whatever, and his face is painted black, and it got taken off because they said it was offensive. How how long ago did that get taken down? Uh, within the last six weeks, probably six weeks ago. Okay, so, yeah, so I probably haven't seen it. So I would try to find a stream of it somewhere online because it's an amazing episode, and I feel like. So in there's another episode later on that kind of ties into that episode. So try to remember to to seek out Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. One because it's a great episode. I feel like season three isn't quite complete without it. 
Um, like there's something there is something or things that happen in that episode that really tie into the conclusion of season three to get the full picture of like everything that's gone on. And hopefully it won't matter if you're past that point, but definitely seek it out because you don't want to finish season three without having seen advanced dungeons and dragons. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. I'm I'm just about positive. Yeah. But, uh, But the whole fort one, that was hilarious. That was perfect. Oh, it was incredible. Um, it's such a good show. So I love Troy. Uh, Troy Barnes, I think, is just so good. What I actually said this. It was either last week or I think it might have been last week. One of my favorite things comedically is someone who makes a really big deal out of things that are not a big deal. And Troy, mm-hmm. to me, is like one of the perfect examples of like making a huge deal out of things that aren't a huge deal. Yeah, especially since he's a Chevy Chase roommate, too. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, there's so much so and Troy I feel like has a great dynamic with every other character. Um there aren't a lot of um like not every character works well together, but those two characters work incredible together. Um and, uh, or that it, that character works well with every one of them. What episode is it? Uh is, is it the paintball episode? The so or- the first season they did a paintball episode that is was that supposed the, to be like a war movie. Is that? Is that what I think it's the episode where I think it's where Annie and what's his name? Um, Jeff. Yeah, a- Amy, Annie, and Jeff. They're the only ones left, or is it Britta? So it was, was him and Britta were the last two. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was Paintball, and a fantastic episode. Like, that episode, I feel like, really kind of set the bar for that show. Like, it set it apart from other sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And I think in season two, they did another Paintball episode that was more of, like... Oh, was a, it the zombie one? Oh, so the zombie one... That's what I'm talking about, the zombie one with okay. Annie, Annie and Jeff. Yes, so the zombie one, that was another great one, the Halloween party. Yeah, they do great themed episodes. Like, they do a lot that are, like, knockoffs of, like, genres of TV show or genres of movie. It really is such a unique sitcom, my favorite sitcom of all time. So I'm happy to hear that you've been watching it. I'm even happier to hear that you've been enjoying it. And anyone else who hasn't gotten to experience Community yet, uh, do yourself a huge favor and log on to Netflix or Hulu and embark on a great six-season and a movie journey. Um, that became like the tagline for the show, 16, six seasons in a movie. So we got six seasons. Now we're still just waiting for the movie. Um, I got nothing left. Alo, do you? Nope. That's it. All right. So would you like to move any merch? Yes. What a maneuver on net to embrace the madness and head over to ringside collectibles. Use promo code M madness for 10% off your order. Okay. So. That is the show. Thank you for making it this far. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. Um, for uh, Mr. Sexy, Newark, Delaware, Halo, Aaron <laughs> Lloyd, I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop up the top rope, by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.